Welcome to the Color and Chaos podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Fair, and I'm coming to you from Macomb, Michigan. Each and every week, we come together, and the cry of our heart is instead of leaning into the difficulties, the pains, the hardships of life through our own strength or ability or understanding, our heart is to cry out to our Creator, Savior, Sustainer, and say, Lord, I can't do this unless you help me. I can see in my own life that it's in the moments of difficulty, of pain, of hardship, instead of numbing myself or running away from the pain, difficulty, or hardship, when I lean into it, I grow the most as a person. So before we jump into today's episode, it would be an honor for me to pray with and for you. Let's pray. Lord God, just thank you so much that you use people like us, like me. There's nothing that I can do, nothing that we can do on our own through our own strength and ability apart from what you give us grace to do. So in our weakness, in our frailty today, Lord, help us see more of you through this that we're going through. We need you, Lord. Help us see more of you. And it's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. One of the hardest parts of doing this podcast is honestly the opening and this part right here. You would think that would be the easiest thing to talk about, but I found myself sitting here yesterday and for like an hour, I I tried to record and I just could not do it. I could not get my words. And I found myself just being like, Lord, why is this part so rough? I, I literally have my notes in front of me. I know what it is that I felt led to talk about, but it's just getting it out that is so difficult. And so I went out for a drive. And as I was driving yesterday, I noticed that it was kind of foggy around me. There was something about the fog that kind of allured me, kind of drew me in. And I wrote down this. And honestly, what I wrote down really is the heart for this episode. Each and every one of us, no matter where today finds us, there are needs and longings that we have within us and around us. Those needs and longings that we have for rest, for home, for peace. There's something about the ambience of light piercing the fog that captures our eyes and causes us to notice things that otherwise we could have missed or ignored. As I was driving and I was looking at the fog around me, the street lamps captured my attention in a way that I would have just neglected without the fog. There are things that we notice about our need for our creator, savior, and sustainer that we can only notice in times of chaos and difficulty that it is not us that illuminates our path, but it's the light shining forth from our creator, savior, sustainer. It's through him that we are able to have a rest, a peace, a security that we long for. It's through him that we're able to have an identity that is not wrapped around anything else in this world. In the times of fog, may our attention be put on the light. And so that's what we're talking about here today. And the passage that I felt led to talk to you about today is actually a message that I wrote for this podcast two weeks ago, but I just, again, I just couldn't get it out. And that passage is Isaiah chapter 32. Before I jump into Isaiah chapter 32, I want to make a statement. The statement will blanket everything that we're about to read. And the statement is this. For some reason, we as humans, we are prone to be careless when there are no cares that demand us. We as humans, we're prone to be careless when there are no cares that demand us, that demand our attention, our thoughts, our feelings. We are prone to be careless when there are no cares that demand us. And Isaiah chapter 32, it starts off 
on one note, but I want to, instead of starting in verse one, I want to actually start in verse nine because it goes with what we're talking about here about us as people that we are prone to be careless when there are no cares that demand us. And in verse nine, even though Isaiah mentions women, this can apply to men and women both. And he says this, listen, you women who lie around in ease, listen to me, you who are so smug. In a short time, just a little more than a year, you careless ones will suddenly begin to care for your fruit crops will fail and the harvest will never take place. When you're in comfortability, it's so easy to have a smugness about you to take all of the luxuries that we have for granted. But there's a time in our life when chaos grabs our attention in a way that the good times never could have. And it reminds us of our need and dependence upon our creator, savior, and sustainer. So Isaiah in in verse nine, he says, listen, you women who lie around in ease, listen to me, who are so smug. Sometimes we don't listen until we have to listen. And so Isaiah is saying, look, you will listen when your fields are destitute, when all of the luxuries and all of the things that we hold up, and we don't even know that we're holding up, but we're holding up in our life. When those things fail us, it's almost like we snap out of that sleepwalking nature that each and every one of us as humans were prone to fall into. We snap out of it and we say, okay, okay, you got my attention. Lord, you got my attention. What is it you want me to see? What is it? What is it that I can do in order for me not to be in this destitute place that I feel like I'm in, this fog that I feel like I'm in? Discomfort gets our attention. Something stands out to me when it comes to talking about comfort is that right behind me, there's a couch. And there's so many times that I have laid on this couch and I've fallen asleep. I don't have AC in this apartment. I just have this wall unit that you can't see. It's to my left up here. But there are times where this wall unit can't keep the temperature down to a comfortable level. And so even though I'm laying down here and I'm taking a nap, even the best of naps, the best of dreams will be awakened whenever the temperature cannot be controlled in a proper way. When chaos is and difficulties in our life, the fog is so heavy that we can't see, we're disoriented, we don't know where we're going, we don't know what we're doing, and we're in this chaos, this hardship, this difficulty, and we don't know our way out. There's something about that chaos that captures our attention that comfort never could. It's so easy to nap in a temperature-controlled room, but once the temperature rises up to an uncomfortable level, even the best of dreams will end. And likewise, Isaiah is saying, look, wake out of your trance. Wake out of your dream. There is a need that you are asleep to. There's a need that you are asleep to. And he goes on to talk about that awakeness that happens within us, the moment that we wake up to our need, we cry out to our Savior. And he goes on in verse 12 all the way down to 13 to say what happens when we awake to the need. And he says this, he says, beat your breasts in sorrow for your bountiful farms and your fruitful grapevines. For your land will be overthrown with thorns and briars. Your joyful homes and happy towns will be gone. So at one point in this narrative, Isaiah is saying, look, you are asleep, you're smug, you're comfortable. But then he says, once you wake up to your need, that's when you will be able to see, look, there is a hardship, there is difficulty that is coming that you will not be able to survive unless you repent, repent. Discomfort gets our attention, but then that discomfort isn't meant to leave us just in this state of vulnerability. 
in our discomfort, we are met by the spirit of God that awakens us to a life abundantly that we never could have imagined. But in order for that spirit to dwell within us, repentance has to take root first. The spirit brings repentance. And so once we awaken to the reality, look, I am in need. I can't make it out of this. This fog is too much. Then we call upon the name of Jesus. We call upon the name of the Lord. Even before we even know who Jesus is, we just call out the name of God. I just watched the new Batman movie. Like it's so many of the characters whether they said God or Jesus, they're, they're calling it out. And it reminds me of this biblical truth that each and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. There's something within us that when we're at the lowest parts of our life, we call out even just the name of God. And before we even really notice that, okay, Jesus is Lord, there's something about the name of Jesus that just flows so easily from our lips. And at one point, it used to be a curse, but once we realize our need, it no longer comes a curse, but it calls upon the name of our Savior, and we see Jesus as the Savior that he is. The Spirit brings repentance, and what was is exchanged for something better, and we see what is better in verse 15. All of this will happen until at last the spirit is poured out on us from heaven. Then the wilderness will become a fertile field and the fertile field will yield bountiful crops. The spirit brings that repentance and repentance brings righteousness. As we continue, we see the righteousness that is produced that Isaiah is calling upon those that are, are sleepwalking to awaken to. And verse 16 talks about this justice that comes through the Holy Spirit. Justice will rule in the wilderness and righteousness in the fertile field. And this righteousness will bring peace. Yes, it will bring quietness and confidence forever. Righteousness brings a peace that does not depend on our circumstances. When we're in a fog, we're longing for a light. We're longing for some type of hope, some type of help through our disorientation in order to get us to where we know we need to be. There is a peace that comes from the righteousness of the Holy Spirit that cannot come from money, that cannot come from just solving the world's issues. It doesn't come from us just being more comfortable, but it comes from us awakening to the need that we will never truly be at peace until there is a righteousness that comes within us through our creator, savior, sustainer. That the peace that we long for can only come through being made pure through our God. That it is sin that brings the lack of peace. It is the disruptiveness of sin and death raging havoc within each and every heart here on this earth. A little toddler will cry out, mom, dad, help me. Likewise, when we cry out in repentance towards a holy God, we have been able to be adopted into the family of God through the forgiveness offered to us by what Jesus suffered on the cross. He paid the price for our sins so that we can be forgiven and we can be made righteous by our God. Righteousness brings a peace that does not depend on circumstances. And this goes on in verse 17 down to verse 19. He says this, and this righteousness will bring peace. Verse 18, my people will live in safety quietly at home. They will be at rest. Even if the forest shall be destroyed, and the city torn down, the Lord will greatly bless his people. Wherever they plant seed, bountiful crops will spring up, and their cattle and donkeys will graze freely. 
Now, we can interpret this literally, or we can interpret this even deeper. And there's something that Isaiah says in verse 19 that points towards a deeper interpretation. And he says this in verse 19, even if the forest shall be destroyed and the city torn down, the Lord will greatly bless his people. So Isaiah is pointing towards a blessing that goes beyond our circumstances. So righteousness brings a peace that does not depend on our circumstances. That even if the forest that we find so much resources in, even if the city that we find our dwelling place in is destroyed, the Lord will greatly bless us. So Isaiah in chapter 32, he talks about how discomfort gets our attention. The spirit brings repentance. Repentance brings righteousness. Righteousness brings a peace that does not depend on circumstances. But I'm here to tell you that even above all of this peace that we long for that comes through righteousness, there's a bigger picture that connects each and every one of us, no matter if you're in the war-torn Ukraine, if you're in oppressed Russia, if you're in the Middle East, if you're here in the United States, if you're in Europe, wherever you are on this planet, if you're in Asia, if you're in Taiwan, if you're in China, there's a longing for home and rest. And Jesus illuminates a reality of where our rest and our home truly is found. And we see this in Matthew chapter 8, verse 18. This is what Matthew writes. He writes this, when Jesus saw a large crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the sea. And one of the scribes came to him and said, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Verse 20, Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another one of his disciples requested, Lord, let me first go bury my father, then I'll follow you. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. In this passage, Jesus points towards his home and his rest being outside of anything this world can offer. We know that Jesus rested. He rested in the boat. The commonalities between both of these is Jesus says that the foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He's not just talking about a earthly laying of his head. He's talking about this place to dwell within our souls. He's saying that there's no place here that my soul rests in. Why? Because this world is broken. My rest goes beyond this world in a kingdom beyond this own. And we see that at the very beginning of Isaiah chapter 32, he talks about that kingdom. And he says this in verse one, Isaiah chapter 32, verse one. There's a reason why I skipped over this at the very beginning, because I wanted to point towards this. Verse one, look, a righteous king is coming and the honest princes will rule under him. Each one will be like a shelter from the wind and a refuge from the storm, like streams of water in the desert and the shadow of a great rock on a parched land. Then everyone who has eyes will be able to see the truth and everyone who has ears will be able to hear it. Even the hotheads will be full of sense and understanding. Those who stamper will speak out plainly. In that day, ungodly folks will not be heroes. Scoundrels will not be respected. For fools speak foolishness and make evil plans. They practice ungodliness and they spread false teachings about the Lord. They deprive the hungry of food and they give no water to the thirsty. The smooth tricks of the scoundrels are evil. They plot crooked schemes. They lie to convict the poor, even when the cause of the poor is just. But generous people plan to do what is generous and they stand firm in their generosity. 
And then he goes on in verse nine, listen, you women who lie around in ease. So before he got to everything that we talked about before, about discomfort that gets our attention, the spirit brings repentance. Repentance brings righteousness. Righteousness brings a peace that does not depend on circumstances. Before we got to any bit of that, he talks about that there is a king and a kingdom beyond what we are suffering here under. And that king is not just Hezekiah that was to come, that we read about in the books of Kings in the Old Testament. It's not just Hezekiah. Hezekiah brought a lot of peace to his people. He brought a lot of resources and a lot of rest. But Hezekiah, even through him being king, he didn't fulfill what this is talking about. So he's not just pointing towards an immediate fulfillment, which is more than likely Hezekiah, he's talking about an ultimate fulfillment. That ultimate fulfillment is Jesus. And Jesus says, look, if you want to follow after me, you have to disconnect from allegiance to this kingdom and the comfort that this kingdom promises to offer but never truly gives. You have to disconnect and surrender to a king and a kingdom beyond this own. Heavy heart, there is a harvest that we cannot comprehend. There's a harvest that we cannot comprehend. And no matter where you're from, no matter what you've been through, no matter the chaoses or the fogs in your life right now, you are called to a king and a kingdom beyond this own, to be his hands, to be his feet, to know him and to make him known. We are able to be his hands and feet when we realize, Lord, my identity, my comfort, my rest, my peace is not found here. And likewise, Lord, just like you said that foxes have holes and birds have nests, my nest is not here. My nest is in you. I find my rest. I find my security. I find my peace in you. That's how we're able to step into war-torn situations and countries. And we're able to be the hands and feet of Jesus. That's why we are able to give up our comforts, to forsake all of the earthly riches for riches that will not rot and thieves won't break in to steal. Isaiah chapter 32, verse one through eight points towards what Jesus says in Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. He says this, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. The rest promised in Isaiah chapter 32 that comes through repentance. It comes through the Holy Spirit promised in Isaiah chapter 32 is fulfilled in Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we receive the Holy Spirit. So everything goes full circle of what he's talking about here in Isaiah chapter 32. David in Psalms chapter four, verse eight, he says this, in peace, I will lie down and sleep for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. David understood, Lord, my rest my safety, my home, my nest is found in you. May we come to Jesus, say, Lord, forgive me, help me, help me. I wanna live differently. I don't wanna just live for this temporary stuff. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12, now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. He's saying, look, on this earth, there will be fog and we won't be able to see things. It'll be like puzzling reflections in a mirror. We won't even be able to know ourselves, but one day we'll stand before the Lord and see in perfect clarity 
All that I know now, verse 12 continued, all that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. Heavy heart, may we not just stay in this fog, but may our hearts be surrendered to the one who knows us better than we can ever know ourselves. And may our peace and our comfort and our security not come from our nation, not come from our leaders, not come from anything else, but may the nest that we long for be found in Jesus and in a kingdom beyond any earthly kingdom here. And may we live on earth as it is in that kingdom. No matter the fog that is around you and in you right now, may our discomfort bring our attention to the reality that we are in need of our Savior. And we are in need of the spirit of God that comes through repentance and calling upon the name of Jesus, the spirit of God, bringing our souls, our lives, our hearts to a rest, a peace that does not depend on our external circumstances. And may that peace that we feel bring us to action. May we reflect the heart of our savior that is spoken about in Matthew chapter nine, verse 35, which says this, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Those laborers are you and I. Those laborers are those hearts that are broken by the need, their own need first, and then the needs of others around them their need for the Savior. And as we call upon the name of the Savior, we receive the Holy Spirit that brings through that repentance, brings us to a peace that surpasses all understanding that nothing of this earth can take or give to, but a peace that is not dependent on anything in this earth. And may we, through that peace, walk into the chaos as the laborers of God, the ambassadors of Christ, knowing him, and having a heart to make him known. When we cry out in our discomfort, God, how can you allow this? It's to lead our feet to action. Heavy heart, that day is now. That moment is now. May we call upon the spirit of God that can enable us to be the hands and feet of Jesus in a way that we have never experienced before. And may we understand the depth of love of our God towards us that loved us so much that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. May we not rest in sleepwalkingness under the haze of a fog, missing the illuminating light of truth that is being spoken into the chaos through the word of of God. But may we cry out to Jesus and say, Lord, even in the fog, help me see you. Thank you, Lord, that my home does not lie here.
Let's go.